When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss Aaron Nola's puzzling season and the bounty of pitching streamers on Friday's slate. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you on Friday, September 3rd. A short group of news and notes, which may be to be expected after a pretty tiny slate of games on Thursday. Office A.L. Garcia left the Brewers game at San Francisco with back and hamstring tightness. Wonder Franco left against Boston with a headache, so keep an eye on that one. Brett Anderson going to the IL with a shoulder bruise. Wilmer Flores also going to the IL. He has a hamstring strain. Glaber Torres hit by a pitch on his uh, AAA rehab assignment, but still could be close to returning. Doesn't seem like this was anything that's going to muck things up too much for him. Didi Gregorius is going to return on Friday from the restricted list. James McCann could return this weekend. He's been dealing with back spasms. Moving on into the bullpen, Sergio Romo got a save against the Tigers. Lou Trevino may not have been available. He's also dealing with back spasms. Rowan Wick got another save opportunity for the Cubs, but he blew this one against the Pirates. And the Mets claimed Brad Hand off waivers. Is there anything you want to dig into with those closer situations, Al? Uh, I don't think so. That Oakland situation is obviously worth paying attention to because if Trevino needs to miss some time, then Romo would seem to be the, the at least the short-term replacement. Uh, that Chicago situation very much in flux, as we've talked about several times in the past week or so. And Brad Hand, I don't see where he really fits in in a high leverage situation and certainly, uh, you know, hasn't pitched like that's a place uh, where, you know, we're going to see him, uh, you know, based uh, on how he's done uh, so far this season. All right, then with that, let's move on to Thursday's standouts, and we start on the mound, and we had uh, quite a bit, for especially for the short amount of games that there were on Thursday, quite a bit of big-time pitching performances. Logan Webb does it again, holding the Brewers to one run on four hits and a walk in seven innings, struck out ten. On the other side of that game, Eric Lauer looking pretty good himself. Seven innings pitched, just one run allowed on three hits and a walk, struck out four Logan Webb, I mean, I think he's put himself into a very comfortable set-it-and-forget-it starter sort of player, and it'll be fun to rank him in 2022. How about Eric Lauer, Al? Where do you look at him for the remainder of the season? I think pretty much the way that we've been looking at him uh, in in the you know, recent weeks and months, which is a pretty reliable streamer, not a, a must start option, not even necessarily somebody that stays on your roster uh, if you can you know pitch and ditch and then get him back again. Uh, I do have him on my uh, 12-team uh, Tout Wars roster, and I've, I've had him rostered for several weeks now. Probably not, probably not going to drop him, but not completely unthinkable either. So that's kind of where I'm at with Eric Lauer. Kind of, I'd say, yeah, on on the fringes of uh, of 12-team viability. 
hey, what a week for the uh, Giants. Could be exactly the sort of thing they see in October. They started out playing the Brewers and now a huge three-game set with the Dodgers over the weekend. Those two teams tied in the NL West standings, and I don't need to emphasize just how big of a difference it is to win that division or be the wild card. Eduardo Rodriguez having himself a nice game against the Rays. High degree of difficulty in that matchup. He went six shutout innings, Al. Uh, gave up just four hits and a walk. Struck out six over his last six games. A 2.73 ERA. The ERA estimator is not quite as high on him as ERA there, just below four, but still, the bottom line results are there for him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so if you started him, that's the thing that you care about. But looking forward, uh, I think that there's still a bit of a conundrum. And again, sort of like what I was talking about with, with Lauer, uh, although I, I certainly I rank Rodriguez higher than Lauer. And I don't think Rodriguez is somebody you drop in a 12-teamer. Uh, although, truth be told, I did very early this season. But um, but you know, I think the, the dilemma there is start, sit in 12-teamers. And he's gone through periods where the estimators have had him right around a 4 ERA, but he's pitched worse than that. Now he's pitching better than that, but the, the skills seem to be pretty constant for Rodriguez. So I, I think in, in terms of start, sit, I think he's still kind of a, play, uh, a matchups play. Yeah, it's uh, been a weird season for Eduardo Rodriguez, but you can count on him missing bats. At least he's got that going for him. Another guy who's got that going for him is Tristan McKenzie. And Al, at this point, it's like, I want him to slow down a little bit because, I mean, you will vouch for me months ago. I was saying I am in on Tristan McKenzie in 2022. And at the time, it was a unique position to be in. And now, not <laughs> at all with what he has done, just completely turning his season around over these last couple of months. Another great start, this one coming against the Royals. One run on two hits and a walk across six frames. Struck out six more. We know he's going to be a guy who shoots up the rankings in 2022 compared with where he was at the start of the season. But is he totally back in the circle of trust? for you for the remainder of 2021 he is he's said it and forget it there's just been such consistency there from mckenzie uh so yeah you were absolutely right i was a doubter when you were uh you know early on keeping the faith with tristan mckenzie and uh I'm, I'm with you now inside the circle of trust. I want to say that there was something like really cool scouting wise I picked up on and his tendencies, but this really comes down to trust Cleveland's pitching development. They have done it time and time and time and time again, stretching back basically a decade at this point want to believe in Cleveland's pitching development. They've given us all the reason to. On the other side of that game, Mike Miner, if you streamed him, he gave you a decent enough performance. Two earned runs on in five innings, gave up three runs total, five hits, no walks, four Ks. You can certainly live with that as a streamer, and is he someone who you're going to be living with as a streamer the remainder of the year, Al? Yeah, he's back uh, on the streamer radar for me. I think we talked a bit about this on the Thursday show that uh, he's had some inconsistency, but he's going well now. And while that line might not look really that impressive uh, at first glance, one thing that I'll say I wasn't really that aware of until doing the research for the upcoming Next Week in Fantasy Baseball uh, column is that Cleveland's been one of the best offensive teams uh, for about the past month. So that was a tough matchup, and uh, Miner did just fine with it. He definitely did. Mitch Keller did more than just fine with his very good matchup against the Cubs. Six shutout innings, six hits, no walks, eight Ks. Uh, is this more about Keller, more about the Cubs, a little bit about both? I think it's a little bit about both because Keller's had some really good starts. If you look at the aggregate stats, you might miss that, but there's uh, been a lot of inconsistency for Keller, really kind of at the extremes. So I chalk some of this up to certainly a matchup against the Cubs, who are now one of the more favorable teams to match up against. But, uh, you know, I would be surprised to see this again against some better competition. 
And Aaron Nola, as we said off the top of the show, just a strange season. It continued once again on Thursday. Allowed six runs in four innings against the Nationals. Six hits, two walks, struck out five. But the ERA and the estimators, they're just they're just all out of whack, Al. I mean, what do you do with Nola the rest of the season? How do you think you're going to look at him going into 2022? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, I imagine I'm still going to look at him as a, a low-end number one, maybe high-end number two starter. Uh, the thing is, the ERA estimators really give us the impression that he's the same pitcher he is has always been uh with uh you know we could expect an era in the the low to mid uh, threes but um there are some indicators that i don't really love like the his ground ball rate is down to the point where he's essentially been a fly ball pitcher this year and maybe there's just gonna be regression next year and that'll snap right back into place he's always been a pitcher who's gotten a lot of called strikes but he's getting a lot of swings on pitches in the zone compared to what he's done uh, over the course of his career so those are pretty interesting to me and those are indicators i'm going to watch over his remaining starts for sure my favorite thing about Aaron Nola is that he gives me an opportunity to say Nola, no, 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 Nola, and that's something that we can all be, I think, very excited about on a weekend. Adam Duvall, his 30th home run of the season, two more RBIs to get him up to 90 on the year. No one saw a 30 homer and you know probably 100 RBI by the end of the season year coming out of Adam Duvall. I mean, I don't know if there's anything to say here, Al, except, I mean, what a unexpected performance from this guy this year. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure I have anything really to add to that, but I certainly wanted to talk about it just because uh, I didn't see this coming. Uh, and I think the, the important takeaway, at least in the short term here for Duval, is that even with the return of Eddie Rosario, that Duval's playing pretty much every day. And by the way, so is Rosario. So uh, they're working out sort of a rotation there that's helping both of these outfielders. And uh, if you were worried about Duvall's playing time, you need the home runs, you need the RBIs uh, down the stretch. I don't think there's anything to fear. No, I don't think so either. He seems entrenched as an everyday player. And that with 30 homers and 90 RBIs at the start of September will do for you. Harold Castro hit his third home run of the season on Thursday. Over his last 14 trips to the plate, seven for 14, two homers, two doubles. Is there something to see here, Al? I think there is. Uh, well, first of all, Castro just is a player that, uh, as we talk again about categorical needs, that he's somebody who could definitely help with batting average. That's the thing you know he can come through with. I also think that you know, with the Tigers having a pretty nice schedule coming up, they start with three games at Pittsburgh. They've got three games at home against the Rays, but um, they're not going to see really the best of the Rays starters in that one. So um, it, it's a good week to stream your Tigers hitters. And I think that Castro, again, especially if you need batting average, he's in that conversation. All right, and finally, Odubel Herrera went 3-for-5 against the Nationals, 20 for his last 47 with four homers in that span. Is this a uh, pick-up-wherever-he's-available situation? I, I wouldn't go that far, but again, if you've got a need for batting average, uh, Herrera's certainly somebody that you figure could help with that anyway, and with him really uh, in a pretty uh, pretty good groove uh, lately at the plate, um, you, know, you figure at least in the short term he can continue to help in that, that department. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
All right, Al, Friday streamers on tap, and we've got a bunch of them. Stephen Brault and Alec Mills squaring off with one another in Chicago. Nestor Cortez gets the Orioles. Rich Hill gets the Nationals in D.C. David Price gets the Giants in the start of that big three-gamer between the Dodgers and the Giants. That series is in San Francisco. Glenn Otto taking the bump again. He is taking on the Angels in Anaheim. Antonio Senzatella gets the Braves at home. Jesus Luzardo gets the Phillies at home. Who are you prioritizing today? Uh, definitely Nestor Cortez. I mean, that's probably not a surprise uh, to anybody because I think he's got the most appeal. Might also be one of the tougher ones uh, on this list to try to find on waivers. But, uh, you know, good matchup there against the Orioles and Cortez has just been really solid. Uh, I think right after him, though, Rich Hill, he's had an up again, down again kind of season, been mm-hmm. better of late. Uh, I don't mind the matchup against the Nationals, although it's it's certainly not you know, something you would expect to be a cakewalk for an opposing pitcher. But, uh, yeah, I like the way that that hill has been trending. So I think those two are the biggest priorities for me. I wouldn't be afraid to stream Otto against the Angels. If you need a win with Otani going for them, probably look elsewhere. But if you're just looking for strikeouts and ratios, I think Otto could uh, be okay there. Passing on Brawlton Mills because of the many choices that we have mm-hmm. here. Uh, David Price uh, at the Giants don't love that matchup. Sensatella, you know, I, I just I'm going to go maybe against my better judgment and pass on him. But we do this every week where we, we either don't talk about him or we sort of dismiss him as a streamer, and then we talk about him the next day mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. what a good start he had. So, uh, but the Braves, I'm just not quite ready to to make the leap there. And I really, as I've said before, really want to see Luzardo do well with the Marlins. But even coming off of a very good start, I, I need to see more in order to really trust him as a streamer. All right, Al, let's wrap things up here by taking a look at a fab preview for the weekend. We got Kiber Ruiz, Josh Harrison, Austin Hayes, Ramon Arias, Adam Adovino, Giovanni Gallegos on the radar to start the weekend. Let's do this in two parts. Adovino Gallegos, if you need a closer, who are you prioritizing? And then which of those hitters jumps out at you regardless of positional need? Uh, yeah, that's a tough one with the uh, the closers. I think uh, in this case, I'm going to go with Gallegos just because even though, again, there was supposed to be like a four or five way split at closer there in St. Louis, uh, Gallegos has certainly uh, had a, a long track record of being uh, somebody who's got the, the skill set to, to close effectively. And so I think he's just going to keep getting uh, save opportunities down the stretch there for the Cardinals. Um you know, I'm still not sure exactly how that, that Red Sox situation is going to shake out. So slight edge there to Gallegos. And then as far as the, the, the other hitters, I really like Josh Harrison. I like what he's done with the athletics. I really like the matchups for him with the athletics this week. Uh, a lot of lefties potentially on their slate uh, for the week coming up. Uh, Harrison hits lefties really well. Just a lot to like there. So um, he's definitely my priority in terms of hitters. And also, yeah, no no starting pitchers on that list at all. It's just a miserable, miserable week mm-hmm. to look for pitching streamers. We'll do what we can on Sunday when we have our Fantasy Baseball waiver show on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast, but it is looking like another brutal week in the starting pitching realm, and I'll just make the point that you made earlier this week, one more uh, cherry on top of the Josh Harrison Sunday, leading off a ton for the A's as well, so you love that in a guy who can go out and get, and you've got an offense that is starting to wake up as they are seeing their playoff lives maybe slip away from them this week. It is over, and we are wrapping things up here on Fantasy Baseball in 15. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us all week. Thanks for joining us 
all season long. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Have a great weekend. We are on Sunday, not on Fantasy Baseball in 15, but on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast as we take a full look at the waiver picture for the coming week. And then Fantasy Baseball in 15 returns on Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.